Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. I want to share with you, uh, Pastor Preston um, is, is allowing me, you're not going to believe this, but I'll be sharing with you the next six weeks. So including this week, but five weeks after this, and a series called The Blessed Life. And this is a series that has literally changed people all over the world. And I had no clue this would happen because Debbie and I just began living it. We didn't even know we were living it. And, um, and then wrote a book. The book has gone literally all over the world. Um, millions of copies sold, 40-something languages, and used as textbooks in universities and seminaries and things like that. And this truth will change your life uh, at once you, you know, come to Christ, obviously come to Christ first, get to know the Holy Spirit, baptize in the Holy Spirit, walk in the Spirit, understand the Word of God. It's not a historical or literary book. It's God's Word exactly. And, uh, but this is the most important truth I can share with you because it changes everything about your life, changes your marriage, your family, your health, your finances, everything. And so the, the first message I want to start with is called the principle of first. And this is a principle that runs all through Scripture. It starts in the Garden of Eden and runs through Revelation 22. So the principle of first. And so if you have your Bibles um, or your, your devices or whatever you want to do, we're going to go to Exodus 13, and we'll be in Exodus 13, the, the whole message, but we'll, we'll pull in some other verses, all right? Um, Exodus 13, verse 1 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate, which means set apart. That's all it really means, set aside. Set apart to me all the firstborn. First, notice the word first, okay? Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Now, I wish I could explain to you how emphatic the, the Hebrew language is here, but it, it belongs to me. It is my property. It is mine. The firstborn is mine. You, you just need to remember that to really understand the principle of first, okay? And then you go down to verse 12. It says, you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. Again, this is, shall be the property of the Lord's or belong to the Lord. But every firstborn, now this sounds a little Old Testament-y, but just stay with me and we'll get to the New Testament principle it's referring to. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. In other words, you're going to lose it anyway. You're going to lose it if you don't dedicate it to God. You're going to lose it. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So three, three points if you're taking notes. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. That's what we just read. And again, we'll, we'll bring this up to, to the, a New Testament understanding. But the firstborn from this passage, what we're reading, and remember, you read something in the Old Testament, there's a principle behind it, and that's what you're looking for is the principle. 
The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. But how do you know which to do? How do you know whether you should sacrifice it or redeem it? Well, so God gives two classifications of animals that are exemplary, examples, we should say, exemplary of uh, a, a clean animal or an unclean animal. For instance, lambs represented clean animals. Donkeys represented unclean animals. So if your animal, the firstborn, is a clean animal, it has to be sacrificed. If it's an unclean animal, it has to be redeemed or purchased back from God because God owns it. Redeem means to buy back, not just to buy, but to buy back. It has to be per- redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean animal. Now, I want to say that again because when we get to the principle of what this represents, all of you are going to go, oh, please. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was, that was very good, by the way. So, so clean animals, the firstborn of a clean animal had to be sacrificed. The firstborn of unclean animals had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean. Okay, so this is written about 4,000 years ago. Um, so what in the world does this have to do with us today? I want you to think about Were you and I born, spiritually speaking now, in our spiritual state before God, were we born on this earth clean or unclean? Unclean. We were born in sin, the Bible says. And I can prove it by asking the experts in the room, that would be the parents, did you have to teach your children to be bad? Or did it come naturally for them? (laughs) Being bad comes natural. You have to teach them to be good, right? So we were all born unclean, all of us spiritually. Was Jesus born unclean or clean? Clean. Okay, listen. Here's the all moment. The clean had to be sacrificed so that the unclean could be redeemed. Thank you. you. I know we joked about it, but but I hope you actually have an old moment. You know what I'm saying? And, And Jesus is called the firstborn of many brethren. He had to be sacrificed so we could be redeemed. So this is a principle. It's not just in the Old Testament. This runs all through Scripture. That the 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 firstborn redeems the rest. Um, so if, you're, if your sheep uh, has a lamb, you have to sacrifice it. And then that sacrifice redeems the rest. And here's what he said, give me the first one. It takes faith to give the first one. Now we'll talk about tithing in a little while, which is 10%. We know the Hebrew word tithe means one-tenth. But it, it doesn't take faith to give the last 10%. That's not faith. It doesn't take faith to have 10 lambs and give the last, the 10th one. That's not faith. See, God God didn't say, uh, let your sheep have 10 lambs and then give me the one of them and you can give me the one that you don't like that keeps getting in your garden. 
He said, give me the first one when you don't have the others. So there's so much more to tithing or giving 10% of our income. There's so much more. It's the, it is the act of faith that releases the blessing. It doesn't take faith. Let me say again, to give the last 10% of your income, it takes faith to give the first 10%. It takes faith to say to God, I've got a stack of bills here, but I, I believe according to the Bible that 90% with your blessing will go farther than 100% without that takes faith. So it enacts faith to be able to do that. And this, again, this scripture, this, this uh, principle is all through scripture. When uh, Ethan and Elaine uh, were dating, my son-in-law and daughter that you just uh, saw standing up and saw the picture of them, um, they were standing around and talking with the young adults. They were part of the young adults ministry at our church. And they were standing kind of down front, you know, in the church and with, with eight or nine other young adults. And they got to joking about what, what it would be like. They were joking with Ethan, what, it, what it's like to date the pastor's daughter. And then one of them said to Elaine, you know, your dad is so strong on tithing. I'll bet he even checks the tithing records of the guys that want to date you. And my daughter said, he does. And I did. <laughs> and I have a simple question for you. And please don't be offended by this because I'm taking this from two other scriptures in the Bible, Joshua and Malachi. Of course I would check their tithing records. Why would I give my daughter to a thief? And, and again, don't get offended to me. Those were God's words. He called a person who keeps the tithe a thief. God did. And, and, and let me just take it from a point of stewardship. Why would I give my daughter to someone who can't even handle money? I mean, he can't even handle money. He can't trust God with money. And if he, if he can't handle money, he, he definitely can't handle my daughter because my daughter is a handful. <laughs> <laughs> so the firstborn, this is a principle all through Scripture, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Here's, here's number two. The first fruits must be offered. Now, I notice I'm putting the word must be. Must be offered. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Have you ever seen that? Think about that in the Bible. Honor the Lord, not just in worship and attending church or volunteering or praying. Honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits of all your increase, this, this, this could be the uh, same word as income, your increase, your income, with, but it's got to be the first of your income. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. By the way, this is, this is written hundreds of years after the law. Because we seem to say, well, tithing is a part of the law. Well, tithing was 2,500 years before the law and hundreds of years after the law, and even in the New Testament. Jesus himself said, you ought to tithe. Now, that's amazing to me. That's Matthew 23, 23, if you want to check it. Jesus said, you tithe of all these little spices, and he names three of them, but you neglect justice, mercy, and faith. But then this is what he says, this you ought to do. In other words, you ought to tithe, but don't neglect the other. 
Are y'all following? That right there is enough for me. If the guy who saved me, the God who saved me in a motel room said you ought to, that's all I need. That one scripture would have done it for me. So, but this, again, this principle is all through scripture. Here's Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits of your land, in case you get confused on whether it's first or not. The first of your first fruits of your land, you shall bring, please notice the word bring, into the house of the Lord your God. Two things I want you to notice. The tithe doesn't go to a university. It doesn't go to a missionary. It doesn't go to a television ministry. It goes to the house of God. That's all through Scripture. Secondly, I want you to notice the word bring. God never uses the word give when he talks about tithing. He always uses the word bring. Here's the reason. You can't give what doesn't belong to you. You can only bring it. Or, again, according to Scripture, there are only two choices with tithing. The first 10% of your income. You can bring it to God's house or you can steal it. Study the scriptures yourself. Those are the only two choices. You can take what belongs to God or you can bring it to the house of God. So uh, when I was in college, one of the students asked one of the professors, why did God accept Abel's offering and he didn't accept Cain's? And the professor was uh, honest and humble. And he said, you know, I really don't know. I don't have any revelation on that scripture. And, um, but I remember that scripture. And then as I learned the truths of firstborn and first fruit and read that one day, I saw, well, that's why it's easy. And you'll all see it too. You'll see it. Remember the firstborn is belongs to God and first fruits belong to God. The first belongs to God. Watch this Genesis four verse three. And in the process of time, now those words are very important. In other words, it just happened, sort of happened. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Notice it specifically does not say first fruits. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected, and this word means received, Abel and his offering. But he did not respect or receive Cain and his offering. It's clear, isn't it? Abel is a rancher. He brings the firstborn. Cain is a farmer. He doesn't bring the first fruits. He just brings an offering in the process of time. In other words, let me say another way. He gave what he wanted when he wanted. And God said, no, I'm not accepting that. But I'm going to take you a little deeper theologically here. It's not just that God didn't receive it. God couldn't receive it. He could not receive it. Now, that might shock some of you who might be new in the faith or, or, or just haven't, haven't uh, learned um, some of the theological truths as you get, you get more mature in the faith. But, but some people think God can do anything because he's God. That's not true. There are things God can't do. God can never act outside of his nature. For instance, God can't lie. He can't lie because he is truth. See, so there are all these things in Scripture, and I'll just give you a couple examples, and then I'll show you why he couldn't do it. Um, God can't. Um, I was trying to think of some of the, um, I was thinking my first, I had a few examples here and all of a sudden I forgot the first one. 
Um, but I don't know if you all have the, we have the ability to edit uh, where, uh, so if y'all can edit this part right here. That would, that would, that would help. Um, okay. Oh, okay, I got it. All right. Okay. Okay, just pretend like we're just starting from right here. So, God can't change. This is called the immutability of God. God can't change. I am the Lord. I change not. God can't change. His character cannot change. Here's the reason he can't change. He can't change because he's perfect. If he could change, he could get better. And God can't get better because he's already best. See? So let me give you the second one that God can't do. Now, this one will shock you. God can't think the way we think. God can't think the way we think. Uh, this is called the omniscience. That's the attribute. The omniscience of God. Omniscience. God knows, has all knowledge. So he knows everything at the same time. See, think, think about this. When we think, we think to try to figure something out. Okay. God's not trying to figure anything out. So he doesn't think like we think. Uh, let, me say, let me say it another way. Nothing has ever occurred to God. God has never said, you know what I just thought of? I just thought of something I've never thought of before. Because he knows everything at the same time. Are y'all you, following me? If, if you really think about that son this week, you'll trip a breaker. I mean, you can't, you, our minds can't conceive that. God knows everything. So God can't think the way we think. Now, I know there's a scripture, and you might say, well, wait, there's a scripture about God's thoughts. I didn't say he doesn't think. I say he doesn't think the way we think. But let me tell you, that scripture proves this doctrine, and that is, here's what God says. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I don't think like you think. As the heavens are higher than the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So there are some things God can't do. So let me bring it back to about why God didn't accept Cain's offering. God can't be second. He can't be. This is called the preeminence of God. In other words, he's first of all, higher than all, above all, before all. He can never be second. Now, as pastors, sometimes we'll say, put God first in your life. Now, that's a good analogy, but even if you don't put God first in your life, he's still first in the cosmos. You didn't upset the cosmos at all. God's still first. So, what does this mean? He has to always be first. So when Abel gave a first offering, God could accept it. When Cain did not give an offering that was first, God could not accept it. That's how important this truth is. He can't. He only accepts the first. So uh, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. First fruits must be offered. Here's point number three. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. Um, Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, Levit uh, uh, and all the tithe of the land. I just want you to notice the word all. Some of you might not know. In Hebrew, the word all means all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and all, the, by the way, if I say something that Preston has said, I invented it. 
You just want to clarify that. I'm not quoting him. He's quoting me. Okay, all right. <laughs> I love you, Pastor Preston. And so I hope you get feeling better. Y'all know Preston's not feeling well. And so, oh, I'm sorry. So, um, but it's not, not, not anything serious. He's just, he's just uh, got some sort of a bug or something right now. So let's just, Lord, we ask you to heal Preston. And Lord, please don't let this go through his household. So we ask you to heal him completely and totally in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, and all the tithe of the land. All. All the tithe of the land. Whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, watch, is the Lord's. Belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Now, I know God owns everything, but he has set aside the first 10% for himself. It is holy or set apart, set aside for him. This is why that the tithe must be the first 10% of your income, not the last 10% or the second 10%. It's the first 10%. This is why. Because it belongs to God. God is preeminent. He only accepts the first. So let me give you how this works out practically. And I'm going to have to give you a math illustration. Um, and I'm sorry. For to, to 50% of you, I am sorry. And some of you think 50%. I mean, think about Okay. And I don't mean that wrong because you're actually uh, very, very good at some things I'm not good at. But math and English happen to be things that two subjects that I'm good at. My father is actually a mathematical genius, certified mathematical genius certified. So I, I'm not a mathematical genius. Apparently it uh, skips a generation. But, but numbers add up in my mind without me trying to get them to. They just, they just I, I mean, they just add up automatically. I can, I can, you can say numbers and they just add up. Um, uh, when my wife and I were buying something one time for $7.99. And the lady at the cash register said, I'll have to figure the tax on the calculator because the cash register is broken. And I said, it'll be 66 cents. That, that quickly, I mean, that, that's simple, you know, it's, it's 66 cents. And uh, we got out in the car and Debbie said to me, how do you do that? Now, I, I, I've since realized that she wasn't actually asking me how I did it. Uh, she could not care less how I do math. Um, but I thought she was at, she said, how do you do that? And so I explained it to her. I said, well, sugar, um, 799 is close to eight. Our tax rate's 8.25. Eight times eight is 64. Quarter of eight is two. 64 plus two is 66. I said, that should happen in less than a second in your mind. She said to me, it doesn't. And then she said, but I know what 25% off means. <laughs> now, I'm still thinking math. I'm not thinking, you know, I'm thinking math. So I said to her, okay, sugar. Um, so if you're buying something for $100 and it's 25% off, what does that mean? 
She said, it means it's a good deal. <laughs> and then she said, and if it's 50% off, it's free. What? And then she does like this. Like, I don't understand math now. And she said to me, Robert, everybody knows if it's 50% off, it's the same thing as buy one, get one free. So if it's 50% off, it's free. And then she goes on to say, and if it's 75% off, you're making money. <laughs> Which um, explains some difficulties we've had um, in our checkbook over the years. So, all right, but, so I'm going to give a math illustration, but I know some of you don't like math, but please don't tune me out, okay? Because it's practical. So how does this work? So let's say you own a landscape company, you come over to our house, and um, I would say we'd like some plants here and we'd like a hedge here and we'd like a tree over there. And so you say, okay, this is how much my materials will cost. This is how much my labor will cost and my profit will be $1,000. I say that because you tithe on your profit, your increase. That's what you tithe on. And so at the end of the deal, I pay all your materials, I pay all your labor costs, and then I give you 10 $100 bills, $1,000. So now you have 10 $100 bills in your hand, all right? So two questions. First of all, how much is the tithe? It's, it's 10, 10%. You have 10 $100 bills in your hand. So how much is the tithe? $100, right? Okay. But you have 10 $100 bills in your hand. So here's the second question. Which one is the tithe? The first one, right. You're, you're listening, so that's great. But how do you know which one's the first one? Let me tell you. It's the first one that leaves your hand. In other words, if you go home and say, let me set aside some for the mortgage. Let me set aside some for utilities. Let me set aside some for food. Some for gross, for uh, clothes. Oh, there's not enough leftover for God. Please, please hear me. God would not receive it anyway. Some people will say, Here, here's some for the mortgage, here's some for utilities, here's some for food, here's some for this, and here's God's part. That's not God's part. You gave God's part to the mortgage company, and the mortgage company does not have the power to bless your finances. But God does. It's the first one that redeems the other nine. It's the first that brings the blessing. So um, we, we stopped a moment ago at verse 12, uh, 13, so let me go back to verse 14 and finish the message for you, okay? Exodus 13, verse 14. Oh, wait, I, I need to say something. Um, this is how I, I, I do it, okay? I get paid um, electronically, um, automatic deposit, the 15th and the 30th. So on the 15th and the 30th, and some people set it up automatically, the tithe, and that's great too. I just personally like to go in and do it during my quiet time. So on the 15th and the 30th, while I'm having my quiet time, I go in, and the very first um, money that leaves my account every time I get paid is the tithe. For us, and, and I, I'm not bragging, but I felt like God told me 
every time I preach this message to say this because he's calling some of you to do this as well. Okay, just to let you know. Since 1995, since 1985, Debbie and I have double tithe to the church. We give over and above that to missionaries and things like that. But we do 20% to the church. That's just something God called us to do, okay? So anyway, um, I do it on the 15th and 30th. What happens, though, if I forget? Because I want you to understand God is not a legalistic God. And I'm not preaching law to you. I'm preaching life to you. So what happens if I'm, I have to catch an early morning plane and I forget and then that night I get to the hotel room and I think, oh, it's 15th, I got paid today. And I go online to send the tithe to the church and I notice that Debbie went to the grocery store. I don't say, oh, that's great, sugar, we're cursed. <laughs> you go to tell you gave part of the tithe to the grocery store, so for the next two weeks we're cursed. Okay. You're not, you're not. It's, it's, it's about your heart. God knows your heart. And so that's really what I'm asking you is where is your heart? Because Jesus said where your treasure is. Jesus said this, by the way. Not a pastor, Jesus. In the New Testament. Let me just say that again in case you get hung up on the old and the new. Jesus in the New Testament said where your money is, that's where your heart is. So I'm not, I'm not preaching legalism to you about the first 10% because surely we might forget. But I'd like to know in your heart, where is God? Because when he's first, everything can come into order. And when he's not first, nothing can come into order. So this is a very important principle in Scripture. So um, uh, let's go back now, verse 14. So it shall be when your son asks you. Remember, this is about sacrificing the firstborn or redeeming the firstborn. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this? In other words, why are you killing these animals? That you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Uh, Old King James says, by a mighty hand. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb and all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So here's what he's saying. He's saying one day your son's going to ask you why you're doing this. And this is the answer. So think about it. Um, The little boy runs in and says, Mom, Dad, uh, the sheep is having her firstborn lamb. And so the whole family gets up, runs from, goes from the kitchen out to the barn, but the dad grabs the butcher knife on the way. And so they're all standing around, and they say, oh, look, look. Oh, him standing up, him standing up. And then the father grabs the lamb by the hind legs and cuts his throat. And the little boy is watching this. And so you know what he's thinking, don't you? Uh, Don't don't mess with dad. (laughs) I don't know what that lamb did, but I'm not doing that. And then he grows up, but his dad keeps doing this. And then he goes to college, and he comes home, and his dad says, Hey, son, um, can you help me with the books? I mean, you, you went to school, and you got your degree, and you took accounting classes, and this starting to get, our ranch is starting to get bigger, and so would you do that? So the son says, Sure, I'll do it. And so one day, the father comes in from the field, and the son's got the books in front of him, and he says, Hey, dad, um, 
Would you, would you sit down? I mean, I want to talk to you. Um, Dad, you know, I've been going over the books, like you uh, said. And, uh, you, you don't have that knife with you, do you? Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, um, um, and Dad, you know, we all have blind spots, Dad. We all have blind spots. And, um, but um, I, I was noticing that anytime we have a firstborn, uh, you, um, you know, how, how should I say this? Um, uh, you kill it. And, um, Dad, um, you killed 78 animals last year. And, uh, Dad, we're, we're in the ranching business. And this is cutting into our profits. And I, I'm just wondering, um, why, why do you do this? And God said, we just read it. God said, your son's going to ask you. And he said, here's what you tell him. Uh, son, um, there's something about our family that you don't know. We weren't always in the ranching business. We, we didn't own animals. We didn't own land. We didn't own anything. Son, we, we were slaves. But God with a mighty hand redeemed us. And now everything that we own is because God has given it to us. Therefore, we gladly give God the firstborn of all of our increase. Now, years ago, my son, who's sitting right over here, who can attest to this, I was in my office paying the bills. What I used to do back then, we didn't have online banking. We didn't have online. Uh, it was before we chiseled on rocks, but before we had online. And so I would write checks and I would pay the bills. I would always write the tithe check first. And then I would settle over to the side to be able to take on the weekend. And then I would pay the bills. Now, again, for some of you younger people, we used to have pieces of paper called checks. <laughs> so I wrote the tie check, I settled over here, and I'm paying the bills. Josh, my firstborn, firstborn son, comes in, and I can see him reading his tie check. He's got a math mind like I, I've got a math mind. And he sees the amount. And he says, Dad, why are you giving so much money to the church? And I remembered Exodus 13. One day your son's going to ask you why you do this. And I took my son sitting right there. And I put him in my lap. And I said, son, there's something about daddy that you don't know yet. But daddy used to be a very, very bad man. Daddy didn't know God. And Daddy was a bad man. And Daddy couldn't stop being bad. But God, with a mighty hand, redeemed your daddy 
and gave us everything that we have now. Therefore, I gladly give to God the first of all of my income. Gladly. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.